Hello there, and welcome to this, the 143rd episode of Radio Free Nintendo. This is Greg sitting in for Johnny uh, tonight, but uh, as usual, with me are James and John. Hey. <laughs> Excellent. John is excited. He's now, he's now the proud owner of Tony Gonzalez. Absolutely thrilled to have Tony Gonzalez. Thank you, thank you. But please continue. Glad to say, joining us for the first time in a little while is uh, Previews Editor and PR Manager these days, as he's ascended to those ranks, uh, Nick Damola. <laughs> What's up, guys? Long time, no uh, no talk. So, so, how goes, um, <laughs> so how goes telling publishers that we panned all the crappy games they've been sending us lately? <laughs> oh, my. You know what? None of those assholes have any room to speak at all. Do they, because... do they respond when you tell them, yeah, we just gave your game a three? <laughs> No, actually, uh, pretty funny. Luke's review of 101 uh, Explosive Mega Mix went up. Explosive's the right word. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so I, uh, I email. I've been emailing everybody reviews that we do. So no matter who puts up a review, someone's getting it in their inbox. Yeah, that's the uh, that's that's the kind of stuff that Nick's doing for us these days. Very diligent. But one of the other things mm-hmm. you're covering is um, Excitebot. So you, um, you got this in this week, so you'll be yeah. reviewing it. Um, and uh, can you tell us uh, what your initial impressions are? I don't think you've been able to play it that much, but yeah, I've I've gotten a, a little bit of time. I'm in. Uh, I guess I'll start by saying that I was a pretty big Excite Truck fan, so mm. when uh, when I saw Excite Bots come up, I was definitely uh, all about that one. Uh, so far, I'd say initial impression is that it's really good, actually. Uh, it's a little weird. Uh, they made a lot of really uh, interesting changes, I guess so you could say. So bad changes. Is that <laughs> I wouldn't say they're quite bad. I mean, when you really look at it, there wasn't much they could do with this Excite Truck from the first point if they were to make an Excite Fix Truck Fix the too. music. Oh, God. <laughs> they did they fix the music. They put in SD card support before. They took it out now. <laughs> yeah. They've, they've fixed it all right. <laughs> they unfixed it. <laughs> yeah, oh. exactly. Yeah, but, um, yeah I, I see what you mean, Nick. I mean, in terms of you could have just done more tracks or whatever, but you know, right. that's about it. Whereas, well, so what they've done is they've put in these kind of weird little mini games and new tricks and all this sort of different right, ways right. of earning the stars that you got before from just like more straightforward stuff like how long you're in the air and stuff. So, how does right, that kind right. of blend in with all the more normal elements of the game? Uh, they did a pretty good job making it pretty seamless. I mean, all the same stuff that was in Excite Truck is still here. So you can still get yeah. like the big air and you can still smash uh, the other bots. You can throw them by hitting the, the little question mark blocks. Uh, like all that crap's still there. But they also got like all these really weird like the, the bars. So like all of a sudden you'll come up a hill and there'll be a red bar and it'll automatically grab it and you gotta like spin the Wii remote to spin your bot for like 10 rotations yeah. and then it throws you. So there's stuff like that. But then as you go, there's like, like all of a sudden you'll, you'll hit a, a question mark block and instead of having, uh, something that changes the course itself, it'll like set up some bowling pins or, uh, mm-hmm. it'll like spawn a football that you could hit into and like kick a field goal. And every little thing that you do earns you stars. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, what it really well, what it's done so far, I don't know if this will stick or not, but it makes it like really easy to get a crap ton of stars. Like in, in Excite Truck, it, it got a little tough, but 
Uh, so far, I'm not seeing it yet. So, would, would would you say the changes they've made bring the game more in line with some of the more casual demographics on the Wii? So, more more closely mimicking some some of the more casually themed games in Excite Truck, which it sometimes could be somewhat difficult. But not. Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to take it to the, the, the fullest, I mean, obviously it kind of had this tiered system, didn't it, where, like, you know, obviously you got the different ranks, you had the super right. excite mode if you got right. all the medals, and, you know, so it was kind of as, as advanced as you wanted to take it. Um, right. But does this kind of, yeah, make it more accessible, do you think? Uh, I I think it's I think it'll ramp up to being just as hard eventually. Uh, right. right now it's definitely not. I, I, I want to say that it will. I can't really say yet. I haven't gotten well, far enough. But uh, the the theme of it and kind of all the wacky stuff going on, I think, will make it more accessible. See, that that's what I was was more curious about. Is it sure. right. does it feel more like a party game than than or more in line with the kind of the partyish games that the Wii has on it, aimed towards it more casual demographics? I, than... I think that that's true. It, it has a lot of personality, which I think is true of a lot of Wii games, and that's uh, that's something that Excite Truck kind of lacked. There was really nothing to it. It, it. it had personality. It had. <laughs> <laughs> it could have. I mean, we could have. You could have just put the you know, bark on your SD card, and they would have been a different person. Well, you know, well, I, I'm disappointed to hear they took out SD card support because there was nothing quite as good as racing through canyons to ballroom dancing. Just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can't beat it. Yeah. So, so what is the music like now? Is that gone undergo the default uh, music? Is that like uh, undergone a personality change like the rest of the game? Because uh, we're going to have to sit through it now. <laughs> It's it's better than the original crap that was on there. I mean, I didn't listen to much of it when I played Excite Truck, and I played yeah, same, same, a good hundred hours probably of Excite Truck. So I put I put some time into that one. But uh, the the music here is probably more in line with uh, Mario Kart type stuff. It's it's okay. definitely more Nintendo like, but it's still not good. I mean, uh, if worst comes to worst, just sacrifice the sound effects and put your MP3 player on or your stereo, right. I suppose. So, <laughs> so would you say actually that, that that's more of what I probably should have asked before? You say the game's closer to Mario Party now than it is a true racer. Uh, no, I said Mario Kart. I'm sorry, it's... Mario Kart. My, my apologies. <sighs> it's it's somewhere in between what Excite Truck was and what Mario Kart is. If that makes any sense, uh, sure. I don't know. It's it's hard to to really qualify the game because it's a lot like Excite Truck, but it's a lot different. It like has its own personality entirely. It'd be interesting to see like how it all balances out at the very high end. Like you know whether you can rely on like the sort of tricks and the silly stuff to get your stars, or whether it becomes more leveraged on your ability to to race and do crazy I, powers. I not fail and... basically. I would guess that that's true. Yeah, I, I certainly hope that's true. I suppose you know there's something that you will be uh, covering in your final review. Before yeah. we move on from Excitebots, did have you had a chance to try online very much? Yeah, yeah. that was exactly what I, hear. what I was just going to bring up. I did play right. the online, and it is awesome. It is definitely the best addition to the game, I'd say. Uh, flawless. It works better than any other Wii game I've played so far. Even better than Mario Kart? Yeah, I mean the the lobby stuff isn't really there that was in Mario Kart. Like, it's not it's not quite on the same level, but uh, as far as getting into a match and getting going with a match, it's really really smooth. It happens really easily. I didn't encounter any lag while racing. I didn't see anybody freezing up mid race, um, so mm -hmm. that's pretty nice. And uh, 
it looks like there's a few different modes. Like you play the poker mode online. The what? And, uh, there's yeah, there's a, there's a poker <laughs> mode where you sort of you have to collect like cards and like sort of like shuffle yeah. them about to get a good hand or whatever. It sounds right. kind of strange. Weird. It's really weird. I I don't know. I don't really like poker very much to begin with, and I don't really care for it and excite uh, bots either. But yeah, the the actual racing stuff is really cool, and it's uh it allows you to like bet before each race. So you can like uh, put some number of stars that you've earned in the single player or online onto you know your standing in the race, and you'll earn like double or triple that depending on uh, what you. And, do. and the and these are actually sort of redistributable back to the game to unlock things. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. So you will be like unlocking stuff in the actual game, like new bots or new colors for bots, or uh, I'm trying to think what else there was. But yeah, you'll end up using them in the main game, which is kind of cool. So you can play a few online matches and really like rack up a crap load of stars really quick. Yeah, it's sort of a different way of unlocking this. And uh, anything else you'd like to uh, uh, grace us with, Nick, before we move on? Uh, not that I can really think of. Yeah, I've been pretty busy with doing PR stuff and just work sure. in general. So, but uh, yeah, no, Excitebots is really good, and definitely if you liked Excite Truck, I'd recommend uh, picking that one up. So. It's also not full price, right? No, it's, uh, it's 40 bucks, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, thirty nine ninety nine, which is nice. Which is nice. means it'll be on sale pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> well, Will, I'm, I'm serious. It, it may well be, um, but uh, I'm very much looking forward to this, but um, I, I, I've noticed that it has now come out in America and does not have a European release date yet. Uh-oh. So, Uh-oh. Oh, just <laughs> for all time's sake, Hunger strike. this is week one. This is week <laughs> one. <laughs> just for the record. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, and the difference is, I'm not actually playing it like I was playing Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah. So you're actually suffering so, along. So with it the might rest not of them. be on the magnitude of Smash Brothers, but I feel the pain more now. It's, it's, it's more. It's more honest this time. So yeah. Greg is Week passing one. up the buffet table. <laughs> yeah. Now we'll move on. James, understand uh, you've burnished your Warrior Land uh, credentials by picking up the Virtual Boy version. I have. So, oh. uh, yeah, give us a, this. This is quite legendary in a way. So fill us in. I'm really interested to hear about this. Well, going into it, you did. You, you said it is quite a legendary title. You know, everybody mentions it's the crowning achievement of the Virtual Boy. <laughs> Which yeah, is and that's pretty... usually not yeah. meant in a kind of snide way. Yeah, like, it's not. It could be. <laughs> it, it, it's a very literal sense. Uh-huh. It's the best game on the system. And, you know, I expected I expected to go in there and be greeted with what I'm used to as the construct of the Wario Land games. Which is, you know, it's very, it's almost story-driven to an extent that Mario games aren't. Just insofar as giving Wario the opportunity to be funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So the story is constructed in such a way that there are opportunities for the Wario character to be put in humorous situations. Mm -hmm. And I guess this is in part because the game's quite old. It's 14 years old now, I guess. 95. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of that's not there. So basically it's just straight physical humor. And as far as I can tell, there's no story, which which is what I wasn't really prepared for. So immediately I had kind of a a down on the game. But as I played it, it, it is... An enjoyable platformer. There, there is some variety in it. Not a whole lot, but like some of the abilities to gain powers. Like it all comes in the form of hats that he wears. Mm, yeah. So like his standard big Wario is like a hat with like a Viking horns on it, and then he's yeah. got one that's like a, a dragon's head that shoots fire out of it. 
So they're they're and they interact with the environment differently. So there are blocks you have to have the fire hat to burn so you can get through obstacles and get secret areas. So there is there is some treasure collection in the game. So in that respect, it it does resemble other Wario games. The the part of the game that is unique to it is the 3D elements where there will be a foreground stage, which is where most level takes place on, and then there's a background stage that you can get to and sort of follow along in the background while things in the foreground are going on. Yeah, and, so this is how it actually uses the sort of virtual boy effect. Uh, right. You know, because it doesn't seem obvious how a warrior land like a 2D platformer would use it. Right. Um, but this is how it does it with this background. And there are other games that have done it since then. Um, New Super Mario Brothers does it, doesn't it? Uh, Super Paper Super Mario. Super Mario. That's right, Super Paper yeah. Mario does, yes. Yeah, but at the time, you know, that was kind of a new a concept that it, it did actually work really well. And a lot of times you'll, there'll be an obstacle you have to get around and you could probably get around it in the foreground but if you can find the way to get to the background you can just skirt right past it and then usually pick up some kind of treasure back there you know it's 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 a solid platforming wario style game and you know maybe it's not the most polished game in the series but it's that's not really all that surprising, given that it's it is an older game. And it was obviously, I mean, it's you know, with the Virtual Boys, are all relative, I suppose. But you know, it was an early game for yes. the Virtual Boys, so I mean, I imagine they didn't have like that much development time mm-hmm. on it. No, and I imagine it was the team's first experience with the Virtual Boy, which I have to imagine it might be the hardest gaming system to develop for your first time. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah, ever. yeah, it's pretty quirky to say the least. I mean, it's, I mean, it's it's not just a weird concept; it's a very strange piece of hardware. Yeah. Well, the one thing I would say is that because this was the R and D one, they made the Virtual Boy. So I don't think there'd be anybody better situated to 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 know what it was like. As a, as yeah, it's as it's a... true, but it's I mean, the team that designed the Virtual Boy, and the people who made the game probably weren't the same no no they're not going to be literally the same people but in terms of information sharing yeah they they have people they can ask to the maximum extent and i think this game demonstrates why it's a shame the virtual boy didn't make it because there were some good ideas here that could have been worked on and the system could have improved but you know it didn't get the opportunity to. to and, and did you like venture to rank it with some of the other warrior land games you've played i mean it's, it's uh, better than the gba ones you think? Well, there's only oh. one GBA. One. Well, the GBA one and then Master of Disguise definitely better than them. Oh well, yeah, that doesn't count. Then. It does count. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I'm not quite. I mean, I'm not quite sure where I'd rank it. It's it's hard to place in the context. But you like it better than four, which I mean, four's pretty good. I think. Um, I do. I, mean, I do like it a little bit better than four. Yeah. All right. Okay. And is there anything else that you've uh, that you want to uh, uh, share with us? There, we move there's on? one other, maybe two. Um, did I talk about Red Alert last time? We uh, no, no. You, that was forthcoming because it was two weeks ago. So yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I have gotten Red Alert, and it does cause eyes to bleed like like one has. Is this the worst oh, one? Yes, is it? Does. This, this so is, this is the the Star Foxy one. This right? is the Star Foxy game. Um, it's all all range mode. Oh, really? Even though it's set in in tunnels and things. The entire game does is in all range mode. You can turn around and go the opposite direction. You can throw it in reverse. So yes, you can throw your airplane in reverse. <laughs> um, Love those planes. It, 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 it's it's kind of hard to tell what's going on sometimes if there's a lot of activity on on the. I was gonna say screen, but that's not the right word. On the projected yeah, image viewfinder, <laughs> because it's all wireframe. And the yeah. lack of color can make it really hard to say, okay, that's an enemy, that's an enemy, that's the background. 
So yeah. if all this stuff starts to kind of line up against each other, it can be a little difficult. And so what, what are the objectives like? Because obviously like, you think of Star Fox Command, most of the time it was just like kill a bunch of enemies for a yep. while. Is that exactly what we're it's, dealing it's with here? It's get to the boss and kill it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and you get to the boss just by shooting down a certain number of enemies or whatever. You, well, no, you just fly straight through. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not straightforward. Okay. Yeah, So, there, but you can turn around if you feel so inclined. The one thing with the Virtual Boy is that most of the games don't have saves. So, Wario Land has saves, and of the, uh, I guess it's six games now I own, it's the only game that does. Okay. Right, Some of them right. have, like, save have like saved scores, they don't have saved games. But this game does not have saves, meaning you have to beat the whole thing in one sitting. Wow. But presumably with uh, some nice little auto breaks to uh, yes. prevent Yes, you with from the auto breaks. Or... <laughs> it is functionally impossible to complete this game in one sitting. I've tried, and it just can't do it. And I mean, it's not because I was losing. And once, one sitting, but the Virtual Boy's plugged in for like two days. Yes, you just play you just have to walk very, away. Very long, <laughs> separated intervals. It, it's, but I'm worried about the mechanics of the Virtual Boy breaking at that point, because there aren't <laughs> there aren't parts in that thing. Yeah. So it's 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 not an easy thing to do, and I'm not sure anyone ever beat this game. But do you? I mean, do you like it? Do you think it plays well? It, it plays you know, okay. It's a little clunky, but. You know, it was doing all range mode before there was all range mode. And the game feels a little... Yeah, well, I guess it was kind of probably a similar time to, like, Star Fox 2 was being made with all that stuff in. Yeah. But, of course, that never saw the light of day. It, it's a little slow, yeah. um, but that's partially because of the hardware. You know, it's not it's a very popular piece of yeah. hardware. Yeah. You know, it's, if you have a Virtual Boy, it's worth getting. I mean, obviously, it's, it's one of the more highly regarded games of... Well, I guess it's another one. It's another kind of different use of the yeah, 3D. Yeah, it, like, it, it is a very cool use of the 3D, and there is, I mean, the draw distance isn't huge, but you can see things coming at you pretty well, and they do get closer and get, you know, their 3D effect isn't full. right. Yeah. So it's it's kind of cool. Mm. And then the game I was actually going to talk about, if I hadn't talked about that one, is I've been playing 99 Nights, which all I'm going to say is is re- it can be really hard. It's a 360 game if you're not familiar. It's in the, it's like a it's like a Dynasty Warriors game, but the idea mm-hmm. is it's going to have more high fantasy story and more emphasis on the story and stuff like that. It's um it's it's very hard sometimes, and there are no checkpoints. So if you lose, you have to restart the whole mission, which is fine, except for the fact that a lot of the missions are like 40 minutes long, and you lose in the very last boss battle. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I replayed one mission. Up to the boss battle, like seven times. My God, you're playing like the most punishing games ever right now. I know. It's it's it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's bad. Yeah, don't forget next week, Super Ghouls and Ghosts. Everyone's gonna be. Oh, well, but, but I've beaten that game. I'm fine. Yeah, there. exactly. No, exactly. I, 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 it's not the most punishing game I've played either. No, it's. I mean, that's that's not even sadism to me anymore. That's just that's just conventional. Well, I should I should hope it's not sadism. Because what would that involve? Like forcing someone else to play it? Yeah. <laughs> well, we we kind of did, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Well, we didn't. Yeah, it was. Like, look, I didn't participate in that poll. It was very close. I didn't want to swing it. So I, let... <laughs> I, I saw. I saw that it was close, and I immediately voted. Okay. Would you want to say who you voted? For? Oh, I voted for Super Ghouls and Ghosts. I've been campaigning for it since we started this thing. Well, we had to get it out of everybody's uh, blood. So, I guess. so, so you did inflict. You, you pretty much gave us the Clockwork Orange treatment. Is what you say? Basically. <laughs> yeah. I didn't just vote for the game because I wanted to see people suffer. I voted for the. Game because I think it's did not just that but definitely that was a big part <laughs> that, was, that was a part yes but I also voted for the game because I feel like if you didn't if you weren't playing games back in the SNES era you know you hear about well games were harder back then 
but you don't really appreciate how a lot of these you, games... You've got to live it. You've got to live it. Well, it's not it just that. I mean, <laughs> you have to understand that a lot of these games were harder because they were arcade ports, and yeah. they were designed to kill you, so you had to put more quarters into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, but Super Ghouls of Ghosts is not an arcade game. No, but it is record. inspired by an arcade game. Oh, no, yeah. it is, but uh, it's interesting how much it kind of holds on to that. Anyway, we will. Yeah. Uh, there'll be plenty of time to discuss Super Ghouls of Ghosts uh, the, uh, in the appropriate I, I think forum. it's not just for sadism, but because it's a game I think everyone should play. It's... it's, it's it, I think it's a worthy title. So uh, we'll move on. John, do you have news to share with us uh, of any kind? Yeah, um, I I got a new job, actually, Um, which is really cool because both uh, my fiancé and myself were laid off at one point. Um, So certainly, I mean, for those that don't know, I'm getting married about a month from now. So for both you and your (laughs) fiancé to get laid off about a month before the wedding, yeah, it's kind of stressful. So yep. yeah, and uh, you're gonna be um, you're gonna be away during E3, is that right? Yeah, unfortunately or fortunately, e- either way. I mean, I mean, it's you know, <laughs> I mean, you know, on the one hand, I'll miss E3. On the other hand, I'll be going on my honeymoon to Turks and Caicos. So oh, for no. for a week, so that nice. will definitely Woo! not suck. So and, and uh, believe me, I've informed everybody at the site. Have I'm you, like, have you, have you appointed um, someone to serve as your, you know, right me, hand? Me, well, me, see come the, on, the, come the, on, the, me. You see, me. the convenient thing is, no way, James. There's no way I wouldn't let you babysit my cat. <laughs> come on, John. I'm gonna be there. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Nick would be my pick off the top of my head. Oh <laughs> Since yeah. I think he's the only one that has any sense. But, uh... You bastard! You bastard, John! <laughs> <laughs> After everything I've done for you, yeah. <laughs> everything he's done, every, all those reviews that he's yeah. done in a timely all fashion, those, all those reviews of the awards and all that kind of the stuff. Awards, <laughs> you, know? you, John! Yeah. <laughs> you. Yeah, so the yeah, well, that reminds me, so John, um, uh, I haven't seen the score for Age of Empires yet. Yeah. <laughs> I assume, I assume it's there. I mean, it's, I just haven't checked. It's just, you know, it's just, it's in my mind. I just haven't committed it to paper yet. So it's just, you know, to it's paper. That's, that's encouraging. To paper. He handwrites them first. And- are, you gonna, are you going to fax it to TYP? You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah don't, don't worry. He's already uh, been on me about that. I'm sure he has. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, have you been playing anything of note that you'd like to share? Uh, just, uh, just some Super Metroid and, you know, pretty much I love it. Yeah. Is it, I don't know whether we've mentioned this, but it is indeed good. Yes, um, this just in. <laughs> but yeah, so for now, I'm just kind of uh, I'm, I'm basking in the afterglow of rejoining the workforce. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sure that, uh, that must be a tremendous relief, mm-hmm. to say the least. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we'll move, I'll close out uh, new business with what I've been playing. First of all, I want to kind of uh, talk about Hatsworth, Henry Hatsworth. <laughs> I, over the past couple of weeks, I completed it. I pretty much gobbled up all my portable gaming time FF4 kind of got pushed to the sidelines for quite a while because uh, I really like it I hate to be terribly predictable but I did very much enjoy this game and uh, <laughs> it is difficult as advertised I'm not quite sure it's as difficult as some people could have made out um, I mean, it's it's definitely more forgiving than like your really old school eight bit style stuff. In terms of, as soon as you get the wall jump, like if you just miss a jump, he can like stick to the side of even quite a small platform. So you've got a little bit of margin for error there that you wouldn't have in like the you know eight bit Castlevania or something. <laughs> yeah, one of those um, lady specials. 
So it's extremely charitable, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but, I mean, for the rest of the game, there's parts of it, you know, that really remind you of some of those games. I mean, there's the underwater sections where you're jumping over big spiky mines. I mean, it couldn't be much more Mega Man. Mm-hmm. No, uh, or even, well, even the wall jump is, you know... Sure, yeah. I mean, there's there's plenty of things in there that remind you of uh, of, of older games. Uh, like the puzzles. <laughs> the uh, older games like Tetris Attack, yeah. The pace of the game kind of reminds me of Beautiful Joe, though, in terms of, like, Beautiful Joe is kind of a game which would kind of stop and start quite a lot because, you know, you'd end up getting into a situation where you'd be you know, faced with a whole bunch of enemies and you'd have to slow down time to beat them and stuff. You know, it kind of went from being quite quick to being quite slow. And this is kind of what happens with the with the, the pu- switching between that and the puzzle because sometimes it'll be, for instance, like you want to take out an enemy so you'll shoot a projectile, but then you go into the puzzle to kind of power up the, the, the projectile so that'll stop for a little while. And and the difficulty is kind of reminiscent of Beautiful Joe. And uh, the, these, like, sort of kill room kind of things where mm. the platforming kind of stops and it's just like, okay, a fixed number of enemies will spawn onto the screen over a certain length of time and you've got to kill them all and that's it, which is something that Beautiful Joe did. So it does remind me of that and that's... I I love that game that's a very good thing the only sort of problem i have with it is some of the later levels which have you know pretty long drawn out kind of difficult platforming parts also have a lot of these kill rooms and it's just after a while you're like just mercy please just stop this is going on too long you know it's it, especially when you're like trying to manipulate the puzzle to keep your health up to power up your projectiles it just goes on and on and on and it's i, I don't really it's not so much the difficulty that i found kind of grating at that point but just the sheer length you know you could mm-hmm. have difficult levels at the end of the game without making them really long so i i kind of would have liked that they were all broken up but overall it's fantastic if you like Old, older kind of traditional games, you know, sort of throwback games like that. Go and get it because it's really, really good. Um, and the other thing I've been doing this week uh, is uh, some Japanese virtual console arcade stuff. Now, very much like the virtual console before it, it already has way more games than everyone else does. Like it's got eleven. Mm-hmm. Which what what have the rest of us got? Like four? Yeah, I want to say like yep. still four from like from from when when it went live at GDC. Yep. Yes. Um. So so and yeah. I mean, they've been pretty much they've been updating it once a week at least since GDC. Wait, so they, they've Japan. done they've actually done multiple updates in a week at some point. Yeah, they did. I think Mappy and something else came out in the same week. Oh, oh God. So yeah, but great. the ones I've been playing, um, Space Harrier to start with. Yes. Nice. That's awesome. Fantastic. Sega kind of arcade uh, classic from ni- 1985. It is a very old game. It is in fact a game that is older than me. John was just learning to drive. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I was just retiring yeah. at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're coming out of retirement though. Aren't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Well, um, so yeah, this is from '85, and it must have blown people's heads off back then. I mean, it is still intense. It is. It's, uh, it is. So it's like a it's like a rail shooter kind of thing. It uses sprite scaling, you know, the, what was referred to as Mode Seven uh, on the Super NES. Uh, kind of stuff, but it's very fast at times, extremely fast. It's got this kind of psychedelic thing going on with the sort of like checkerboardish floorings, like almost like Sonic went on to do. Yeah, um, so you could tell the speed.
speed. Yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. It gives that sensation of speed, mm-hmm. especially like there's bits where it kind of you get like a roof uh, enclosing it over you, and mm-hmm. that's like very trippy and very fast. So it's uh, it's it is it's it's very intense and it's simple. You know, I mean, you you can't shoot like in a direction independent of the position of your guy. So yeah. it's pretty much just like moving around constantly. And you know, this is a game where it matters how quickly you press the fire button. You yeah. know, it's one yes. from that. Uh, kind uh, of that's that's really all this game comes down to is how fast can you hit that fire button? Yeah, how fast can you move around and like you know you you, can't, you have to process things more. Like you know you've got the primary way that you die in this game is the sort of indignity of running into a big tree or a post. Yeah, very very precisely observed recreation. Yes, uh, I've heard it many was times. This Yu uh, Suzuki's first Sega game. It's I think it may be one of the because it like it's so early and it, um, it's yeah. his second his first one was champion boxing nice yeah <laughs> and and th- <laughs> so uh but you know it's so it is simple and it's a total blaster there's uh, and you know and there's a lot of repetition and stuff but it's fun mm-hmm. um it is 800 points in japan i don't know whether it will be elsewhere although you kind of suspect it will be considering there are inferior versions available for like 500 points yeah and yeah 800 points like on genesis and master system on the virtual console so you know you would have thought they'll they'll give you they'll make you pay for the for the oh, yeah. and i mean it could it must have been those versions must be a real insult to the they, they, they are actually deal. quite bad and it's funny because this game was ported there are probably like 30 systems Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, there was there was a lot of. The, I think like thirty two X even. But in in fact, this this game was on a Nintendo system. It was actually on the Famicom because Sega didn't have a console at the time. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I guess this was kind of important in building Sega's popularity. Yeah, yeah it, was. it really was. And that's why they that's why there was a version on the Master System, even though it was kind of a travesty because it's like that was. Well, a, I mean, know, it, it a came. And when I say it came out on everything, there there's a version for the ZX Spectrum. The Amiga, the Amstrad, the CPC. <laughs> yeah, they. I'm sure they were all good. Uh, John, yeah. were you going to uh, chime in? Well, I mean, it came out at a time when Sega was, you know, really that they were primarily they were making arcade games primarily, and it was it was just like like yeah, Outrun. Yeah. It was one of their hugest titles, so mm-hmm. they completely hoarded out to everything and. Also, they made sure that it was one of their marquee titles on every single console they ever made. I mean, it's it's right up there with you know, like I said, Outrun, uh, you know, Fantasy Star, yeah, all yep. those kind of games. Like it's one of those big, like classic Sega games. Yeah, so. so it's a cool, it's a really nice thing to have Arcade Perfect, obviously, uh, be an odd virtual console arcade. It controls fine with the classic controller. I've got no issues with that. Because uh, obviously, like uh, the other problem with those console versions must have been you having to use the D-pad. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is much better using the classic controller. And I mean, if you've got like an arcade stick for like Tatsunoka versus Capcom or something, maybe you could use that. And that that <laughs> could that actually be pretty better. cool. Here's here's yeah. a fun piece of trivia for this game. It was one of the first, if not the first, arcade games where the player sits down. Yeah. So I mean, that that brings me also also to the next game I've got where I've been played, Starblade. This is oh. from Namco, 1991. This is one of the early polygonal uh, sort of rail shooters. I mean, people. This was heavily referenced when Star Fox was coming out because Star Fox looks quite a lot like it. Yes. Yeah, you know, the sort of flat shaded polygons, little flashing kind of weak spots on the the enemies and all that. You know, it looks kind of similar, but Starblade looks quite a lot better to be honest because it runs a lot faster. There's actually a lot more geometry to it. 
you know like for instance like when you're in the asteroid field in Star Fox they're not polygonal they're just little sprites mm-hmm. coming towards you whereas in this they are actually you know fully 3D and everything so um, and the cabinet for this originally was was quite complicated it had yes. a seat it had like mirrored screens it had quadraphonic sound it had, yeah. you know all this stuff it was it was kind of like a game slash you know space flight simulator kind of thing well the, the uh it had a concave mirror that a tv projected up into and then right, yeah. the, the player actually saw the game on this mirror and because of the shape of the mirror things looked like they were further in so it actually yeah, gave you that it, it gave it a depth. Space. It gave you something of a depth of feel kind of thing going on. And, and that that's that was kind of a concern that I have for this game because how does it feel when it's just flat like that? Yeah, well, it's like I said, it's so you're losing all of that, which is a shame. You know, that was a big part of the arcade experience with this, I'm sure, and you're losing all of that. You know, like I think it had fourth feedback in the seats or you know uh, all I sorts think of it stuff. Did, yeah you're losing all that but it's still it's still interesting as kind of a historical kind of thing and it's still pretty fun it's simple because the big difference with Star Fox is that with Star Fox you maneuver the R wing in this you are strictly on rails you're like you know which kind of allows it to do like little flourishes like you know you have the whole view spinning as you're kind of doing barrel rolls and all evading like fire and stuff but the only it's gameplay wise the only thing it's leveraged on is your ability to shoot stuff rather than to dodge stuff i I think Mm -hmm. i think the story was you were operating cannons on a ship so yeah, you, you weren't, weren't piloting it. You were like the gunner. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, it's it's more simple than Star Fox in that respect. It's still pretty fun, and uh, you know, I haven't played that much of it yet. But uh, I assume this will be this will this and Space Area, especially Space Area, will be coming to the American and European VC oh, arcades yeah. fairly soon. But God knows. I mean, if the, the Japanese are already seven ahead. It could take quite a while. Yeah. So. <laughs> I could see them making Space Harrier a priority, though. Yeah, Space Harrier is coming to because they said that at GDC. But, but, so, but some of this other stuff, I don't know. Right, well, that's going to bring an end to new business, and uh, we're going to take a break right now, and we'll be coming back with listener mail and a little catch-up with what's been going on in the news. So see you on the other side. We're back uh, with listener mail. Uh, we're going to start with a quick uh, follow-up to the Super Metroid show that we did last week. Um, not that the response has been 
particularly abundant or anything, <laughs> so perhaps <laughs> this is not a good idea. But oh. um, there's a couple of people that wrote in that I wanted to uh, just to read their thoughts because I thought it was nice and uh, I'm very grateful for them to providing them to us. Uh, so the first was from Doug. Um, he wrote in, unfortunately, it was just after we recorded yes, the show. Yes, it, it actually came in as we were finishing up. And and before we uh, before it went out, obviously, so uh, we couldn't use it during the show and we didn't have enough to do an actual segment during the show itself. But uh, he had plenty of interesting thoughts, especially about the storytelling in the game. But um, here's some of the things that he liked, like the little touches. So he's, he says, um, outside of Craig's door is what looks to be a forgotten soldier. After defeating Ridley, there is the broken canister. And, of course, in Tyrion, the dried-up enemies and sense of dread. When the Metroid finally reveals itself, your first instinct is to fight it, but when it leaves you alive with one point of energy left, the whole narrative comes into focus. It's one of the most powerful aha moments in gaming. Everything from that point on has a different meaning. And um, we also got, on the subject of the, the Metroid lava, which is kind of curiously important uh, in the story in many ways, um, uh, Sophia writes, What sticks out most to me in the, in the game is the tremendous emotional impact that Metroid Sacrifice had on me. For a game with limited dialogue, it told an emotional story of sacrifice. So it's really, cause it's really interesting, like, when I was playing the game... Um, I was kind of like always kind of a bit like confused like you, you, when you die you have that thing of like do you want to sort of it shows the little Metroid lava mm-hmm. and like do you want to sort of start looking for it again and I was kind of like well surely it's just been raped and you know multiplied into a million of them by now mm-hmm. <laughs> but I guess that's the thing it's kind of it's trying to sort of keep it keep it in mind that that's what you're trying to do you're trying to save it it's not just like you're going to kill mother brain or whatever but of course when you as as Doug mentioned when you defeat Ridley the little the little container that it was in originally you see broken so at that point you know that it's been messed with and and then of course you discover it in Turian and so I guess that's the really cool thing is that you know for a company that has this sort of long history of of you know the thing just rescuing stuff is the game obviously go back to Donkey Kong and Princess Peach and Princess Zelda you know it's always rescued somebody this was the, the, I, I think there's an argument so the Metroid Lava is the best princess in a Nintendo game from that point of view because it actually you know you gets you to sort of care about it and then it has this big payoff at the end with the with it sort of giving its life for you but but just after it seemed like it was going to kill you well the, the thing is what I always found with the Metroid is that I kind of it was sort of like an animal to me that didn't really know what it was doing it was just kind of trying to survive so in that way I was I kind of had an empathy for it I guess. You know, so it made me like yeah. that. It made it easier to like. Yeah, I think that's why it's kind of more, it kind of feels like it needs rescuing, if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. in a in a kind of meaningful way, rather than just like, oh, well, it's the damsel in distress kind of thing. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's definitely one of the most effective ways of that kind of motivation in a game for like, you know, why you need to get to the end. I mean, not that it's incredible or anything necessarily, but you know, I just think mo- most games, it's sort of totally perfunctory and you just don't give a shit at See, all. I, yeah. I don't, and to go back to the idea of you calling it the best princess in a Nintendo game, I actually view it more like a child. Yeah, I mean that is what it is. This yeah. is a mother and child relationship. The way it has the little, like, like I said on that game over screen, like the little cries and all that. I mean, clearly, it's, mm-hmm. and it's definitely a better child than Baby Mario because it screams. <laughs> and you actually want to save it as opposed to you know, <laughs> yeah. Baby Mario, where you just wish it would die. I, I begrudgingly didn't throw myself off the cliff just because I love Yoshi so much. You know, decision, decisions. But it's it's a it's kind of the only. Only way that would work is because 
they made Samus a female character. That's yeah, that's, that's true. I mean, yeah. I guess in some ways it's a more natural. It's it's the first time they really showed her as being feminine beyond her taking the suit off. Yeah, the maternal instinct sort of part of it. Yeah. And, and I think how she interacts with it a little bit at the end is somewhat maternal, but how it interacts with her is very childlike and very, yeah, yeah. very much more like a child sort of playing with its with its mother. Yeah. So I mean, I think that's that. It's just the kinds of things you don't get in other Nintendo. We haven't gotten in other Nintendo games. So I think that's why it's so memorable. I, I think we got that Mario Kart with Baby Peach. <laughs> 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 that's that's mm. it. That's it. It's gone. It's jumped the shark. Yeah. Right, we're moving on to the uh, to the rest of the listener mail. James, you have the first one. All right. So Patrick in Canada writes: music customization. It was Nick Sight Truck and Endless Ocean. <laughs> in, <laughs> in, in light <laughs> in light of allowing larger SD cards, should this not be the new standard on Wii games? <laughs> standards? You're looking for standards? As Come a, on. As a, as a music fan, I really enjoy changing. The in-game music while still being able to listen to the game sound effects. <laughs> Shouldn't one friend code be the what? standard? How come I got this this thing? I mean, it's this is the funniest letter we've had in weeks. Yeah, there, I... there's a reason why I picked this timing-wise. Playoffs. <laughs> it, it just it's playoffs. Just... <laughs> <laughs> All right, it just gives a fresh feel and adds to replayability. Oh man, what do you guys think? Well, I agree that it's really nice to be able to preserve the sound effects. I think it does <laughs> add to the replayability. I mean, Nick, you were talking about how many hours you put oh, into yeah. Excite Truck. I mean, you probably was very much helped along by the the music on the SD oh. card feature. Well, there's nothing quite like uh, going down any of those tracks with uh, some System of Down in the background. So yeah, it's, uh... yeah, I, System, Metallica. Well, I, th- I throw on some Rick Astley usually. No, God, no. Yeah. Never gonna give you <laughs> but, up. You know, I mean, Never I... gonna let you down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was Rick rolling the podcast. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that was necessary. <laughs> that has been done, and it has been done better than we could possibly ever no, do. No, it has been done worse than we could possibly <laughs> no, do. It. Uh, Let's well, make yeah, that clear. De- depending on your point of view, in terms of the chillingly accurate, chilling accuracy of it, it's been done better than we. Yes, could. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, that now, <laughs> the, so the point that's sad about this email is that you know it's all about it be, be, becoming a standard when in fact the Excitebots example shows that we're going backwards on this. <laughs> um, you know, in fact, Endless Ocean was a minor step backwards. Well, not really a minor; it's quite a significant step backwards that you uh, could only take one song with you when you dived. <laughs> well, it's much <laughs> like when it's it's much like when you go out on a, an expedition where you're. Yeah, that's the thing. Is well, they, they they've managed to create the sort of the pressure resistant iPod, uh, but unfortunately, it only has enough uh, memory in it for one song. So. I mean, that's just, mm-hmm. and that song will loop endlessly yep. until you <laughs> until you escape your ocean with invisible walls. So, so Nick, uh, you, you, you know. I was just saying, do you guys think that that's a result of um, laziness? Kind of when they did the uh, photo channel update. That's right. So they, they've moved anymore? away. They've moved away from MP3, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Photo yeah. channel has AAC now. DSI right. as AAC. I don't so, understand. I mean, do you, I do you th- but I mean, you could hypothetically have just done Excite Bots with AAC support, right? Oh, right. Card, but did they think, uh, well, you know, a lot of people just have MP3s would be inconvenient, so let's not bother. It would I mean, be. Uh, I could only think. Uh, it sounds like a Nintendo way of doing it. it makes sense to me. So. It, they just <laughs> didn't. They just didn't want to pay for what the, the license to use the codec. I mean, my God. Yeah. 
Yeah. They probably already use it in the game. I don't know. I, it, it's, it's, it is a weird one how we've gone, you know, especially because, I mean, with the title, I mean, it's sad that so many other games that could have been. I mean, I think a racing game really benefits because you do want to preserve the sound effects to preserve the sensation of speed and yeah. all the other crazy stuff that's. <laughs> All the other crazy stuff that's going on in something like an Excite Truck or Excite Bots, you know, the sound effects is uh, you, you want to maintain. But on the other hand, you know, it's not narrative. It's not like a score. So other no. music can complement it better, you know, because you like that music. And, and so fighting games is similar. And yeah, it's it's just sad. I, I know. It's I really confusing. Think it's, with a, I think this is pretty much in terms of any kind of move towards using it more like now that they. I mean, it's not really directly related, like the liberalisation of the SD card use. But you know, any hope for that is gone because if there's one game they would use it for, I guess it would be the game that has the precedent. That <laughs> the, has the, the game <laughs> yeah. built on the engine that already has support built into yeah, the Yeah, and also engine. just mm-hmm. the fact that the fans of the previous game have those expectations built in, so there's more pressure to actually fulfill those expectations, mm-hmm. isn't there? See, if, if, if you need proof of that, go back about 35 minutes in the podcast where I expressed my disbelief that the game didn't have this support in it. <laughs> exactly. So, so that's the point. Is that you know, when, once people have expectations of something, you're more obliged to fulfil them again, and they haven't done that. So, if you're talking about you know new and unrelated games or Endless Ocean Two that's coming at some point this year, presumably, then it's probably not going to happen for those either, is it? So, it's it's no. it's a real shame. But by the way, is is Endless Ocean one of the most ironically named games in recent memory? <laughs> There's a definite irony to that name. I will concede that, absolutely. All right, we're going to move on to the next question. John, you've got it. All right, the next one is from uh, Adolf Vega in Denton, Texas, and he writes, I know that having online leaderboards for arcade games is out of the question for Wii Virtual Console arcade games. However, do you think Nintendo will edit the code to include the current top five scores? Uh, seeing Billy Mitchell, he is a douchebag, at the top of the Donkey Kong high score table when you play it at home would be very badass and not that difficult to do well i think it is equally out of the question even though it's easier <laughs> because they will not do anything to change these presumably nope. um but I, I see in. i see his point that is a terrific way to motivate you to play donkey kong if they ever did that on yes the okay i want to be motivated by the score of a, of a guy who spent 20 years playing a game yeah. as his primary function in life yeah, I don't think you're very likely to ever be able to uh, assail Billy Mitchell's record on Donkey Kong or, or Steve Wiebe, depending on uh, who holds it at any given moment, uh, for those who have seen King of Kong. Oh, we need to go see him at E3. Yeah, that's right. That's that's right. Yeah, Steve Wiebe is going to attempt a live a sort of uh, assault on the high score at E3 this year. Oh, um, I think I'll skip that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Have you seen King of Con, James? Yes, I've seen King of Con. It's, uh, 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 Billy Mitchell, he seems like a character out of The Office. He is a character. He, doesn't he, seem, does. he does not seem real. He's like he's as real to me as Dwight Schrute. It, doesn't make, it does not make sense that he exists. No. I mean, it couldn't be any more bizarre that his profession is selling hot sauce. I mean, it's like, when, when, when it got to that, when that was revealed, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Sure, why not? Yeah, exactly. You're like, <laughs> you know what? I could not have thought of a more fictional character than him. 
<laughs> no, he is he is incredible. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, isn't they talk they're doing like a, a, a an actual theatrical film of this or something? I thought they were doing a musical or something like that. Uh, <laughs> that <laughs> would be good. awesome beyond words. <laughs> yeah, the Twin Galaxies song or whatever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, if if that's true, then they are making like a Broadway musical of this. Every theater in Broadway needs to burn down because society has regressed beyond saving. I think it's as good a topic as anything to indulge in musical theater about. Why not? But, um, I think that the high school things with with Virtual Console Arcade in general, obviously a lot of these games are kind of high school but you're not limited by the amount of money you put in. Any, obviously right. you just press a button to add a credit and with some games like they don't compensate for that like they don't have a thing where like if you die and you run out of lives or whatever that you like your score gets halved or you get punished right. so it kind of limits the usefulness of the high score tables on the thing because it's just it's just like you even just for yourself you might not remember like did I do that score using four credits, whereas I did this one with three? Or you know, it's 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 just kind of. I guess you'd have to like be very disciplined and for yourself. And say, I cannot continue. I don't think Space yeah. Carrier re- resets your score. I think it lets you continue on. Yeah, I mean, you would have to have different yeah, modes. Like right. you would have to have a mode where you know no continues are allowed, kind of thing. We we call that the unfun mode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, that's the, that, that's that's the thing. I mean, the high score element is kind of not so. I don't know. With some of these arcade games, it doesn't seem like it's quite as uh, exploitable as uh, as it could be in terms of like if it were exploitable. Like, uh, well, you know, in ter- for fun. You know, in terms of like if it was like a retail release or or or, or you know, like a WiiWare game or something, they would redo it to provide some sort of structure so the scores really meant something right mm-hmm. whereas when it's just like well i can just keep adding credits well it's kind of all piggledy piggledy it doesn't really you know so it's kind of, it's kind of limited how much fun you can get out of some of these games in a high score sense i think because of that well and and they're they're very simple games and they're pretty repetitive too so mm-hmm. there is gonna be a point where just getting you know a couple thousand more points in space harrier isn't really going to be that much more appealing yeah no i mean that that's true i mean it's quite, I mean, with some people you get locked in on a certain thing you know it's amazing how much fun you can get out of it but it, i mean it's true i think that's especially because you know it's not like the old days where you'd be paying some obscene amount of money for like you know star blade on the 3do or whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you can enjoy these kind of you know as they're meant to be enjoyed really so the short bursts and um, you know, just to, for the novelty of it. Um, okay, well, we're going to move on to the news. Um, no, this is not necessarily the most current because obviously we've been doing a lot of other stuff uh, with uh, the Super Metroid episode and the retroactives and stuff for that. And obviously, we'll be moving on to more of that next week. So I thought we'd catch up, uh, talk about some of the things that have been going on in the scene recently. So, so first off, Nintendo's new console has a name. It's called the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah, that is a ridiculous name. Mm-hmm. I'll never catch on. No. Now, the March MPDs is the first. So we're going to talk about um, Nintendo on top, as usual in North America. We sold 600,000 units. DS sold 563,000 units. <sighs> but the story here was that it was actually for the first time in a what for the first time this year. It was a drop on the previous month sales, I think, and also it was a drop year on year compared with March 2008. Mm-hmm. So there was a little. There was a little sort of concern about that, but um, I kind of find it interesting, like why it's particularly concerning for two reasons. Number one, last year in March, 
Super Smash Bros. Brawl came out. Yes. Which mm-hmm. uh, is quite a big deal and yeah. probably contributed to... The, 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 I'm sure there was a lot of people who are maybe more traditional Nintendo fans that maybe have not quite been swayed to buy a Wii yet, but you know, not even perhaps by Galaxy, although Galaxy was quite new at that time. And then Smash Brothers was the tipping point, you know, yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, and a bunch of it. So that probably did drive enhanced hardware. So let us not forget, Smash Brothers itself sold in the region of 2.7 million copies. And we should also point out at the time, there wasn't, there wasn't market saturation. The, the system was yeah, still... Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, you know, this is... A, and, we, and, of course, at the time, we weren't in the middle of a very significant recession. Yes. So there's a number of there's a, so there was a fall year on year of sixteen point seven percent, but I really don't think that's anything to be alarmed about at all. No, everybody not at all. everybody was down except for the three sixty, which had a, a monster month because of Resident Evil Five. Yeah, but see, but the weird RE5. thing the weird thing with that <laughs> is that um you know how like how um Microsoft was always crowing about how they're finally making money. They actually in their last quarter they actually lost money again. Yeah, they did, but <laughs> I don't know how they did that. Maybe because they're selling too many of those arcades style units that are that are really marked down and, and maybe they're yeah. taking a loss on that I don't, maybe maybe yeah. that's what it is but i mean so i i think the figures hardware wise are actually pretty healthy um under the circumstances mm. and we're certainly expecting for the ds a very significant bump next month when the dsi comes along mm-hmm. which didn't quite sell like they were expecting it to though did it i'm more familiar with the uk numbers that apparently it was the fourth biggest hardware launch ever which considering that it is in fact not a hardware launch at all yeah considering it's the third iteration of a hardware yeah exactly. <laughs> in itself that is pretty impressive but well, i mean yeah. on the lead up though we were hearing stories there'll be massive sellouts you know there's no chance to be able to find one and i think there was well there was some worry that the supply would be short whereas yeah. in the end i don't think it was quite as tight as people anticipated it, it, was, it was reverse of there's a million of them <laughs> um, <laughs> well, we'll so I think we'll see certainly the DS do well next but I think so I'm not sure what the the concern is particularly in that context but what's more interesting to me is what we saw in the software numbers first of all oh, apparently according to Pactor over at Wedbush Morgan he said that overall Wii software sales were lower in March 2009 than they were in March 2008 this is true. Now, the interesting part of that is, so you said, well, Smash Brothers came out yeah. last year. That sold 2.7 million units in itself. Fine. That, that is a, a humongous kind of anomaly that is not going to be repeated. But he said, even when you kind of correct for that, the software sales were basically stagnant. And, and the shocking thing about that is there were so many Wii sold between March 2008 and 2009 that the install base in North America actually doubled. So with double the amount of people to buy software, the software sales didn't go up. That is that is remarkable. Yeah. This does go back to the, you know, what people have been saying all along, that this is a system that people buy and it just sort of sits around. Well, I think it really lends more sort of powerful credence to that than we've heard before, to be honest. I, I yeah. think it's more What persuasive. happens is they, they buy it, you know, play Wii Sports, buy Wii Fit. Wii Fit is a big deal. And that's probably it. Because I think right. Wii Fit is, is really, has, has, has sold hardware to people, no doubt. They're Absolutely. buying Wii Fit, and Wii is just the necessary gateway to that. Um, so doubling kind of overstates the amount of people that have actually come along to um to, to buy that could buy further games maybe in a, in that sense 
Um, but and also, I mean, maybe it is related to the the state of the economy as well. And well, I mean, game sales in general were down. Yeah, I mean, it was not. I mean, so if we look at what charted in the top ten, um, Nintendo wise, it was some of the usual suspects: We Fit, Mario Kart, We Play. Um, Pokemon Platinum came in at number two with, yep. with eight hundred thousand. It's Pokemon, of course. Well, well I mean, it's eight hundred fifty, eight hundred with eight hundred five thousand. Eight hundred five thousand. Yeah, for for a retread of a previous game, which is pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. That, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, the, I'm sure they're very pleased with that. And then RE5 cle- cleaned up because yeah, the 360 well. version sold over nine hundred thousand units at number one, and then the PS3 version came in over just under six hundred thousand units at number four. So. Not bad at all for them, but no. um, you didn't have a humongous seller like Smash Bros. Brawl, but then, I mean, that is a one-off. So, sure. but yeah, I, I think the point is, is just interesting. I mean, there's so many things going on with the economy and the, the, the launch schedule for Nintendo is, is very different this year. It's been exceptionally quiet in the first half of this year, yeah. whereas it was exceptionally very, busy last very, year. Very, very quiet. I mean, you think about it. We had Smash John Brothers. We had, Sive over there. <laughs> we had Smash <sighs> Brothers last year, this huge spike, and that was before Mario Kart and Wii Fit within a couple of weeks at each other that are still in the top 10 now. Yeah. I mean, how huge was that period? Un- un- unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the sort of aggregate software situation. Getting into the details, Mad World. Uh, so this uh, apparently <laughs> is said to have sold 66,000 copies in the, in the what would have been about two and a half weeks that it was on sale during yeah. March. So yeah. adjusted, that's still barely cracking 100,000 copies. So, so yeah. Yeah, well, and uh, that apparently was the ninth best-selling Wii game for the record. Uh, mm. of the month um, now so a lot of people said that oh you know this is the one that people are going to look at that you know they're going to track how well this sells and then maybe if it does sell well there'll be more mature rated uh, sort of content for Wii from other publishers if it bombs they'll there won't be I kind of I mean I think Madwell's really niche I just it really you know, is I mean, I mean it it it's a it's not just a beat em up it's a hyper violent beat em up it, it's this hyper violent beat em up it's super stylized and you know I think the problem with it is is that for people it, it's it's going to appeal most to the people like us who are in the know who like the look of the style that know about the pedigree, you know, platinum and all that. They didn't really advertise the game that much either, so even though the game exists. Well, I think part of the problem is people like us who are in the know have read reviews and know that the game is short, and even exactly. you who reviewed it... Yeah, I mean, I'm like, not buying it. I, I mean, right, honestly, I would, it's way I'm too not short. buying it either. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I bought it and haven't played it, for the record. Well, I, you've... you've just by buying it, you've completed half of the game. I mean, you're 50% already. But no, but Nick is absolutely right. That that's the problem, is that the, you know, the, this game is primarily going to appeal to those people on the one hand, but on the other hand, they're going to say, I can rent it, I can wait until it comes down in price. Mm-hmm. Right. So I don't think this was a game that was ever likely to sell in big numbers. Yeah, I mean, it really... It- it, it really appeals to a niche audience, but that's all. Sh- but that audience is also the one that will judge it the most harshly. So anybody looking right. from the outside in is going to say, "Wow, you know, it's probably really not worth my money." Because so I don't think I don't think it makes for a particularly um, useful litmus test yeah. of you know, like I don't think. Like, no. Say for instance, if one were to extrapolate out to say a GTA game on Wii. I don't think or it's necessarily. I don't think it's necessarily that informative. But on that subject. Chinatown Wars, which came out, I believe, towards the end of March, right? It was about the 20th, or... So, so this didn't have too... It didn't I guess. Have too, it didn't yeah. have too much time on sale during March, but it didn't chart in the top 20. 
the estimates are that it sold somewhere around 100,000, probably somewhat less than that, copies, which made it the fifth best-selling game on the platform of the month, which is, you know, I mean, not, I suppose, inconsiderable. It's got to beat that ball, the, the mainstays and Professor Layton, which is undergoing this sort of renaissance with the new marketing. But um, so it didn't do that well. But um, do you think that in this first month, I mean, do you think that it's obviously it's not brain training, it's not Layton, it's not Nintendogs, but do you think this can have legs on the DS? This will, I think it will. I, I, it might have a slow burn, it's, but it's I don't. bound to. I, I, I mean, I, I, I agree with Nick. I think it's very. I think it's destined for it because there's there's a lot of DSs out out there, obviously, and I think there's a lot of people that own a DS that might not use it that often. They might primarily game on 360 or PS3. And, you know, they kind of forget they have a DS to some extent. They don't buy games for it regularly. They're not necessarily, you know, reading news and reviews about it regularly. And I think when you get this positive word of mouth that's been building up for Chinatown Wars, so, you know, the friends get it and all that, you know, all the reviews have been great and all that, that people will get around to buying it. You know, it's yeah. something they kind of, they're interested in right now. They haven't quite done it yet, but they've, they have a right. DS. They've got all the ingredients to buy it and it will happen over time and I don't think it would be a huge hit. Well, I think I, I think it was really it was really released in the shadow of the console release because I mean, I think that the effects of the console release, you know, on 360 and PS3 is still being felt to a certain degree and well, especially with Lost and Damned. Yeah, is, 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 exactly. Is the more per- because I mean the GTA 4 is a year ago now. Uh, yeah. It was about 11 months before uh, Chinatown Wars came out, but you know, Lost and Damned was just a, a couple of months ago. And that was a very, I mean, that wasn't just like a little bit of DLC. I mean, it was a no, whole, That was game. a big deal. Yeah. It? yeah. It's like 20 hours worth of content. But but I think as time goes on and more people play it and more people get ready to play it, you know, they put a bit of distance between it, they probably see that it's, you know, it's quite different. It mm-hmm. is quite a tailored experience right. for the DS. I think it was a, a big prove it kind of game because even myself who reviewed it, um, I felt before I had even played it or anything that I was kind of turned off to it just because it was a top-down 2D one and I had a lot of fears that it wasn't going to be like the other GTA games and then you play it and you see it and you realize that really it's a 3D GTA game just shown from an isometric perspective. It's mm-hmm. it's really right, the same so, game. so it does hit the same sort of notes as the, as the right. other ones. So, uh, and that's the thing, I think that sense will sort of permeate throughout the the people that have DSs uh, but that generally play these kinds of games and over time you'll see it sustain a certain amount of sales and do do pretty well see I I don't think it's going to have the kind of slow burn we're used to though I think we're used to slow burn I mean if we're talking about if we're talking about Mario Kart DS no 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 definitely not that I I think we're used to these slow burns where you know it it gets respectable numbers every month I think what we're going to end up with is we're going to end up with smaller numbers every month so maybe like it'll get down to 15 20,000 a month but it could hold that for a year or two mm-hmm. mm, yeah. yeah i think it, I, I think it definitely has the potential for you know for, for some sort of lasting success and you know I, I, it, certainly just the fact that that game is is probably going to be riding on the top of the the metacritic list for ds like forever yeah probably. well they, i know they spent <laughs> you know? they they've spent absolute ton of money developing the game mm-hmm. and i think and they, and they did i mean i don't know i mean obviously i'm speaking from the experience of the uk but it was quite heavily marketed i mean it, tv it, yeah you know, uh, print it, it was there i mean they they made an effort this was not you know i mean uh the pacta was going on about oh you know with the ds all the marketing is for is you know live tyler doing this that and the other well yes. I mean, that's nintendo's marketing they're not mutually exclusive i think <laughs> i think what we're gonna have here though is that 
is people are going to buy this game like I bought this game. You know, I don't buy a whole lot of DS games because uh, sure. my default reaction is I prefer to play games on consoles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I went I went in and just you know, all right, I need a game. I think one. yeah, I think it's a game that everybody will get around to buying. At some point, yeah, and it it has because it has a saliency as well. Yeah, the, you know, this is not something that well, you know because you know, there's a certain amount of buzz around it when it comes out, but then people kind of forget it exists. You know, people are, I don't you know because it's you know if they're still shopping for a DS game, they still see something called GTA, they still know what that means. You know, that that brand is not going to lose its currency no. you know, over any period no. of time. Okay, well, uh, we'll move on. Uh, the next thing is that we had the details on the Wii Motion Plus and Wii Sports Resort launch day. It's kind of, you know, kind of supposed to get these earlier, basically. Seems like they got pushed back a little bit. So we'll just clarify again. For the US, it's June the 8th for the Motion Plus. So that's coming, you know, first. And then about eight weeks later, you, on July 26th, is Wii Sports Resort. Which uh, will be you all can't see this, but I just face palm the hell out of my face for that one right now. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess, I mean, and then uh, for the rest, Europe is June 12th and July 24th, so they're a little closer together, about six weeks. Um, so I'm kind of pleased about this because I'm really enthused for Tiger Woods this year, and I would like to be able to play that with Motion Plus, like, earlier than having to wait for Wii Sports Resort to roll around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But commercially, I mean, where do you think this leaves Nintendo? I think it's the dumbest decision that they've made regarding a piece of hardware yet. Nintendo's philosophy for releasing little hardware add-ons for the Wii has been bundled in-game with the hardware. Yeah. It's, has it yeah. failed for them yet, with the exception of Link's Crossbow Training? <laughs> that, that's actually quite successful. <laughs> it's, it really is. Like, but, I mean, has it failed for it's, a piece of hardware to catch on? Um, well, uh, no, it hasn't. And, um, you know, I, but the, here's the real question. Does the fact that, that these bundle And it will be bundled with Tiger Woods in America. I, I, yeah, I know. Yeah. Does the fact that that exists really damage it or you know it's going to be like okay a lot of the the people that are going to be buying Wii Sports Resort because they bought a Wii with Wii Sports obviously and they love Wii Sports and they want to buy another Wii Sports they probably aren't going to know that Wii Motion Plus well, it's, has already it's not been a matter on the market that it's going to damage it I think it's that if they really want to get this thing out there and their goal as they've stated it is that they want this to be you know an accessory that everyone has with their Wii they should have come out with it you know really had things going basically on all cylinders. They should have put it with well, Wii Sports Resort. Uh, so, so, I mean, you're saying that perhaps, you know, the development on Wii Sports Resort the, encountered some difficulties and this is something they wouldn't wanted to have the, right. to I do. Right, think, I think... But they've ended up having to do this because basically people like EA and Sega's Virtual Tennis as well had configured their development schedules to have a Wii Motion Plus game out yes. at the launch of Wii Motion Plus, and mm-hmm. it turns out that Wii Sports Resort has got pushed beyond that. And I, th- I think if Nintendo had their way, they would delay Wii Motion Plus for Wii Sports. Yeah, yeah you see, but, but at this point, the developers, yeah, they'd be screwing over yes. EA. Yes, oh, definitely. You know, and you don't want to screw over EA. EA's just... They they just now repaired their relationship with yeah, you. Yeah, and I mean, really, you you'd be screwing them over for what? You know, I mean, they're, yeah. They're... I, like I said, I I think there's there's enough separation there in the end that you know it's not. I don't think it's necessarily going to confuse people that much. No, that... no, it's it's not a confuse issue. I think it's just this isn't how they wanted this piece of hardware. It to isn't go how out they there. wanted it, but you you like I said, in terms of what real effect it's going to have, I don't think it's going to be that. It's going to have more effect on EA's games being not selling as well, I think, 
until after Wii Sports Resort comes out. Yeah, see, that's an interesting point, isn't it? Because it's like, okay, so they are, they're doing the right thing. It's as a Motion Plus will be available. They're doing bundles. And some people might end up buying those games kind of because it's like, oh, I want to buy a Motion Plus now. I want to see what it's like now, kind of the novelty of it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, when it's going through that launch period, it hasn't had Wii Sports Resort already popularize it for them. Right. So, in a sense, they are kind of still getting the shaft a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I could, I, I could, I could see it that way too. It definitely kind of goes both ways with that. Well, I mean, moving away from the, just the timing elements here, um, we know that relate going back to hardware sales in Japan hasn't been going all that well for a little while. Not that they're that bad, but it's it's definitely some strong software for PS3 has kind of pushed that up. Mm-hmm. Whereas certainly compared to last year when you had Wii Fit, Brawl, all that. Wii sales are way down because yeah, all they've had in Japan is like the new play control stuff. Yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. much the start of this year, um, which is not going to drive hardware uh, in the same way, certainly. Um, but is Wii Sports Resort the title to actually turn that around in Japan? Do you think? I mean, is it re- are people actually going to buy a Wii for Wii Sports Resort? No, I don't think so. Because because people in Japan already had to buy Wii Sports. So if you were and there's there's three there's three and a half million people in Japan that have done that. I don't think I don't think anybody who who didn't go buy a Wii and Wii Sports could say, you know what, this Wii Sports Resort looks good because honestly, Wii Sports Resort looks like a weaker title. It's I don't think it's yeah. as immediately kind of re- relatable. It's a little less like you know like bowling, tennis, golf. I mean, there's a reason why those were the ones they chose yeah, for I the mean, first game. Monster Hunter G just came out, I think. So I think Japan. Yeah, see, now right. that's what I was. Go- I think st- stuff like Monster Hunter and yeah, like G is like the remake one, right? Or something. yeah, yeah, it's like a remake of the first one or with extra content or I I can't remember the Monster. And then Hunter you've releases. got was it? You've got Monster Hunter Three, which is obviously the original one that's specifically for Wii. And then of right. course, more down the line, you have got Dragon Quest Ten. These yep. sorts of things will drive hardware because these have pre-existing fan bases that may well have had no, if in their from their point of view, no particular reason to buy a Wii before, mm-hmm. and then all right. of a sudden they have to. Yeah, you know, I mean, and, and like I said, stuff like Wii Fit drives hardware sales because it's is 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 in some ways is similar to Wii Sports, but it's quite different. It has a different appeal, it has a t- it appeal totally its own that will get people to buy a system just for that. Whereas Wii Sports Resort, I mean, it's a sequel. <laughs> that yeah. they want yeah. it to be a sequel so I don't see that it has the kind of independent appeal that's necessarily going to boost hardware sales in Japan so you might have to wait more for the Monster Hunters of the world before that actually turns around I mean there. do you think in terms of Wii Sports Resort do you think that, that Nintendo has done a proper job of really even hyping it like if they want it to achieve oh, the sales oh they've done an awful job with that. let's, let's be honest I mean that, it's gone in a bunker since E3 yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, supposedly there's there's nine other sports from the something, frisbee something, and all that. Something went terribly wrong with that game. The, the, there's supposedly there's like all these other sports, but we haven't seen any of them in like ten months. Well, you know, it's this is the standard mo for something went very bad. In the yeah, end of the yeah. Game. it's just all signs point to it. This is a major title, and every single hallmark of a bad, bad, bad. The timing, the is timing there. issue definitely lends some kind of substantiation to that like, the uneasiness. I think. I mean, it may very well have turned out quite well in the end. I don't know, but that, it's just interesting to me that literally this was the big E3 announcement. And, and people people played it. Didn't... Yes. Yeah, there were good impressions it's, on it. Yeah, too, Johnny, Johnny played it. When's the last time a game people played went into the Nintendo bunker? This this isn't a rhetorical question. There is an answer. Can you think of it? 
<laughs> Disaster. Disaster day of crisis. Yeah. Project <laughs> Hammer. Yes. Project well, Hammer as well. Yes, Project Hammer. That has, that has never returned. So well, that got cancelled. I mean, that's dead. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, it, it is a little, it's a little troubling. I, I'll definitely agree with that. Um, the way the way it's gone, but it, it may well turn out really well in the end because maybe they just had difficulties with the, uh, using the motion plus. That when you overcome them, the game is really good. I don't know. Yeah, I mean the thing is, I think it will turn out well just because it has to. Yeah, I mean they're not going to release yeah. it until they are absolutely one hundred percent satisfied with it. Sa- sales and sales wise, I'm sure it will do very well. You know, like I said, I mean, you know. I, I, well, I'm not convinced it's going to drive hardware like you know in a really significant way. Software-wise, I think you could be pretty confident. You know, just in itself, I think you could be pretty confident it's going to do the job. Yeah, I think it's going to really depend on how Nintendo markets it. Come probably about a month mm. from now and see how they handle it. I mean, it is Wii Sports too. So, I mean, if they can properly get that out to people, like, I think these DS commercials that they have running now are pretty effective. I think they can do stuff like that. I think you've seen that with, like, what Leighton is doing in America. Like, that's been, like, more than a year, and it's got this uptick, and that's because they've marketed it, you know. It's a very weird uptick, too, because it didn't really have... It didn't really do that... didn't do poorly before, but it didn't... It never felt like it felt it hit its market. No, it was not a big before before. Now all of a sudden it shows up in the top 20 when it's been on sale for more than a year. I mean, that's marketing right there. I mean, I don't think there's any argument with that. But but I think Nick Nick's point is very good. Too. And also, how do you relate it to Wii Sports in the sense that you've got this element of like, okay, so there's this new thing that makes it better in terms of the, the controller better. It's got fencing right. now. But, it, but it's not like, but it's not taking the old sports and making those better. It's using them in new sports. You know, that's a little awkward. It's a little harder to sell. I mean, the thing is, I think with, with Wii Sports, it, it benefited to a great degree off of the newness of the Wii platform itself. Whereas Wii Sports Resort, I can see it kind of being perceived as an incremental kind of improvement. Not really something you know worth going out necessarily being a must-have title. Well, I think I think you know certainly the brand will do a lot for it, and mm-hmm. th- the other thing is just what are these some of these other nine games? Yeah, that right. is because that's going to be the big selling point in the end. What's in it? Yeah, like, you know, like you know, the fencing I think is big. I think that, that that's kind of obvious one. The other ones, yeah, we'll see. You have to wonder why they haven't said anything about them. It seems kind of odd. Like, what oh, is it? It is. I mean, it is. It really is. Because, uh, yeah. you, you know, it's been a quite a while now. You can almost forget that. All right, well, we'll move on a couple other things. Uh, Punch-Out, about a month away, and we started to hear a few more things about the additional kind of content that's in the game beyond being a kind of remake uh, of sorts of the original. Um, so you've got multiplayer, which we kind of talked about the possibility of that before. Um, I know, Jordan, you kind of expressed a desire for multiplayer, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so we've got it. It's split screen ish in a way. Ish. You do you do mm-hmm. actually have a split screen for where it's sort of little Mac v little Mac, but if That's one weird. of you if one of you kind of fills up a meter quick enough, which sounds quite a lot like the super meter in like a oh. you know, Tatsunoko versus Capcom or something, mm. um, you can let you turn into Gigamac, who's like a big hulking guy like your opponent. You unleash your man's ultimate weapon. And, and, it, and it actually <laughs> goes away from being split screen into single screen, where you are, where the person who became Gigamac is like the opponent. And then the other person is Little Mac, and they and you keep fighting that way. So I guess it's nice that it isn't just pure split screen because it doesn't it wouldn't really capture what Punch Out is about very much if it were. Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean, like I like mm. the idea that one of you is the whole king bad guy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, 
I'm yeah. curious how this is going to play in multiplayer, since the game's whole premise is, you know, figuring out your opponent's pattern and exploiting it. Well, that's yeah. the thing, like, I mean, like, when you're the big guy, do you, like, have, like, like big tells, or, like, do you have, uh, that's, that's... Like a pause before you punch? Yeah, like, is, is, is that the kind of trade-off, in terms of, like, yeah, if you hit, it'll be way more powerful, but it's kind of, you know, more kind of predictable. I see. So, I mean, I'm, I'm certainly glad that they've had a go at it, but it's, I mean, it's kind of, obviously the jury's very much out, but, um, you know, it, it is a little bit, of, like you said, James, it's definitely a challenge fundamentally to adapt the, the punch-out sort of template to, to multiplayer. But um, it certainly looks like they made an interesting sort of fist of it. The other thing that we've heard about very recently is this title defense mode. So basically it sounds like when you kind of go through it and you become the champ, you're then going to be able to sort of play some of the people you've defeated again, but now they're actually going to fight differently and presumably harder. Um, which I think is kind of important for people that have played Punch-Out! before, because, I mean, if you can literally beat King Hippo in exactly the same way as on NES, I remember how to do that. Yeah. Yes. You know, I'm just going to do it first try. Yep. <laughs> you know, so I would like to be able to fight him where he doesn't use exactly the same tactics <laughs> as before. <laughs> so this could actually be quite you know a, an important thing, and I, I would like to hope that maybe you could mix in a few like new characters as well. But I don't know whether it'll just be all the same old guys. And then the last thing that we've heard about recently is some opponent specific like little challenges like achievement style things like you know see if you can knock people out in a certain time or one of the ones we've heard about is like where you actually have to lose to glass joe having knocked him down three times (laughs) (laughs) i suppose it's way more difficult than just beating him so that's kind of funny um but take it together all these things do you think it's coming together as a package that is something you think is worth the full retail price I don't know. Because there it's have been tough. reservations expressed about that. It's it's yeah. it's going to be tough, I have to say. I mean, it's really going to come down to how polished does it feel, how many times can you play it, you know. It, mm-hmm. I, I've been leaning towards no all along. Yeah. But. I'm concerned about challenge, actually. I mean, the other ones really thrived on being so challenging to learn the techniques yeah. to get through the game. Yeah, but eventually it got to the point where we're not just memorizing the procedures but you know you got you learned the methodology to beating those games right mm-hmm. so yeah sure yeah they, i mean they were quite intricate you know and obviously people could get to a point where they could do like you know because like super punch had like a speed run like a time attack mode yeah mm-hmm. it? And, mm-hmm. and things yeah. like that and i think that these challenges and things kind of bring that back yeah in a sense and i i, I like the idea and i like I said, with the title defense hopefully that'll be a way of kind of differentiating like for people who haven't played it before just the, the the sort of journey through the characters will be fine for them whereas mm. you know for people who have played punch out and super punch out they can you know do that and that's fun but then the next will be where, where the challenge and the sort of you really kicks in hopefully it will it will be hard enough but um for me i mean punch out's the first game i can really remember playing so it has this really strong nostalgia factor for me. I am the market for this game, basically, <laughs> and I will probably I, I will probably pick this up uh, uh, almost certainly because uh, unless there's something goes very wrong with the reception of it, because uh, I just I love Punch Out. I, I, they've nailed the look 
uh, for sure. It does look great. Absolutely, yeah, it really does. And it does. I'm so glad that it does revel in its uh, sort of stereotypical qualities rather than try and sanitize them or play them down. Yeah, I mean that that is Punch Out for better or worse. And to deny that, well, that is boxing for better and worse. To be honest, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I mean they kind of play up to it in the real thing. They don't exactly try and present themselves as sober, reasonable people. No, any any profession in which someone like Iron Mike Tyson can excel for a decade <laughs> yeah. pretty much proves that sober, rational people are gone. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, I I, I think uh, I'm sold pretty much, but um, the rest of you not not quite. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll wait for the reviews. I'm I'm really curious to see. I mean, it would be nice if there was. I'm just curious. To see, as I mean, do we know if it's going to use We uh, We Connect 24 at all? Mm, they haven't really said a lot about that. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, we've heard about Balance Board and like you know mm-hmm. stuff like that, but not so much about online sort of stuff. I mean, the obvious. I, I don't. I don't think there's going to be online scoreboards for like time attack and stuff which is a shame yeah I, I agree but yeah. i'm not certain about that i don't want to i don't want to sound categorical about that and there's many things we don't know about this yet there's still a month to go and people have played it there's impressions on our site uh from aaron which you know well worth reading and, and whatnot but uh we certainly don't know anywhere near everything most of the, most of the stuff that's sort of been okay to talk about is just the first circuit mm-hmm. which is you know e- even though punch is not a big game that's still a pretty trivial sort of slice of it um all right well i think i'm going to close out the show with a special bonus story that i'm calling the specular palooza because <laughs> we've had a, there was a, something cropped up where basically people said they've heard from retailers that nintendo have said to them you know we can't tell you what it is but you're going to want to dedicate a lot of shelf space right got in, some... in fact a uh... A VP of was it GameStop? Yeah, a VP mm. of GameStop yeah, came right out and said this in an interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he said that there's something a key property from Nintendo is coming. You know, not your average Nintendo. Not not, a, not excite bots. Not not <laughs> Wii Music and Animal Crossing from last year is also what I presume he means uh, to a large extent. Something really big for Nintendo even for Nintendo is coming in the holiday, and they're being told get ready for it. But of course, beyond that. Nothing. We don't know anything. Presumably because this is not something that's previously announced. It's not going to be spirit tracks or anything like that. So mm. I'm opening the floor to wild, unfounded speculation <laughs> predictions on this topic. John, <laughs> t- uh, uh, you first. I'm going to say Donkey Kong Jr. Math with Wii Motion Plus Control. <laughs> I like it. I think it's got a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to be big with a casual nice. set. It's going to be big. It's be All big. right, let's let let's. let's, let's Joke, uh, joke answers first. So John's got his. Nick, your joke answer. Well, actually, I was talking to uh, Matt Casamassino over at IGN, and he <laughs> assured me. He assured me it's Kid Icarus. That so. is a that is a total joke answer. That I will agree with that. In the sense that even if it were true, there is not, they're not telling the retailers to to, to to lay out the red carpet for Kid Icarus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James, joke answer. Uh, well, you're probably you're probably gonna give me two joke answers. Start with one. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Nick, Nick is half right. The it, it is Kid Icarus, but it's actually Kid Icarus Party. They're doing like um, what they did with um, Namco and Sega with F Zero and all that, but instead they're actually doing it with Ubisoft. Uh, any truth in that? <laughs> uh, it, in fact, it's not just Ubisoft. It's Ubisoft's team that developed their their ever so popular Z line. 
Yeah, so, it's, cool. so, so it's actually mm-hmm. going to be Kid Icarus Babies Party, to be specific. <laughs> <laughs> Winged babies flying around. <laughs> Playing party games, yes. It's going to be a big seller. We're talking Kid Icarus, my first wings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're all looking forward to that. Now, oh, now, God, I've got, have I got to do a joke answer? I haven't thought of one. All right, I'm going to go around to serious answers because of that. Well, I do, I do have one. I do have the other one that I was going to do in case somebody went with Kid Icarus, which... You did, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> Which was going to be Disaster Day of Crisis Snap. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> uh, all right, John, have you uh, thought uh, a more considered response? Uh, I'm thinking possibly We Fit 2, maybe. See, that, that's definitely the one angle of it, because that would be a pretty huge Nintendo property. And it would take up real estate space. But I mean, I mean, it wouldn't have to because it could just be like a new disc. It wouldn't. But I assume but they, they would bundle it with. But there would be there would be two SKUs. There would be two SKUs. There'd be a, yeah, a free yeah, SKU. There would be. So it would take up space. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, that, because that makes would, sense. If you think about it, GameStop doesn't display a copy for everyone they own. They just put up the dummy box. So you have mm. to you have to really think into why would they tell them to save space? Because Nintendo knows how GameStop operates. Yeah, that's mm. the whole the whole save space thing. Just sounded kind of like a. It's an offhand comment. Yeah, it's I mean, you, you t- don't take... know exactly what, yeah. how literal that is or yeah. whatever, but, you know. So, uh, Wii Fit, I think, is definitely on the table. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. Some sort of addendum to Wii Fit or anything like that would be huge. Yep. So, uh, as we've talked about the install base of the of the balance board at this point. Um, Nick, uh, care to venture any <sighs> further? I, I don't know if I really have a guess. I mean, I think the guy's just full of it. Uh, Nintendo is so tight-lipped, I don't believe well, And also, that. I mean, of course they're going to have something <laughs> big, or something they think is big. You, like you, Christmas. you think so? They probably thought they... Wii Music was big, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I mean, it, this but, strays yeah, into, non-news cat- into the non-news territory. Well, that is, that is, that is why it is the final bonus Speculapalooza story. It's not. It's frivolous. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but you, you, you don't... You don't think any anything you'd like to go with? Uh, I wish I could think of something. I mean, the only thing that really comes to mind is maybe some sort of follow up to Mario Galaxy. Uh, it's See, been now, a, a I mean, I think I, I I personally think if you're gonna go with anything that's like a you know that's not in the Wii Fit category or the Wii brand category, Mario is the most possible because yeah. you know the way they kind of talked about all oh, the Zelda and the Mario teams are working on something. Like, yeah, well, know. yes, we know. Yeah. Otherwise, but, they'd but, be called unemployed. Yeah, of course they are. But the point is that Spirit Tracks exists and it's showing up at the end of the year supposedly so mm. if, if if the mario people were on the same timetable mm-hmm. it's not necessarily impossible that and also i mean it's not something they've done i mean in terms of take a mario game and then spin a success a sort of fundamentally similar successor out of it very quickly no but i think mario galaxy is so good and yet the sales were good but not astronomical that they may feel that there's more mileage to be had out of that I mean, right. uh, that they can pump it again for something. I mean, they haven't really done this since, I guess, Super Mario 3 and Super Mario World were quite close together, but they were for different systems. Mm-hmm, and right. They were quite similar games. They were quite close together. And, you know, they were both huge successes, but the fact that one was a launch title for a different system kind of breaks that. So it would be kind of unprecedented, but I'd lo- at least, you know, I'd like to think that, that that's probably the best case scenario. I think yeah, we yeah. agree on that. And you know what? I guess I'm thinking Wii, but um, you know, new so new Super Mario Brothers two, ding ding be, ding, yeah, big one too. So. Yeah, I mean, even though it is, yeah, I mean, it's still 
Uh, it started. Still it started to, It's still in the top twenty, but it's still in the top twenty uh, on the on the MPDs and stuff. But you know, I mean, there's no doubt that has to be something of a consideration as well. Uh, James, uh, serious answer. I, I actually am going the opposite direction. I think it is a Zelda game because yeah. I, so you think they're going to go double dip on Zelda? Is what well, they've saying. they've done it before with things like Metroid, and they've done it before. Uh, well, they've also done. I mean, like were the weren't the Oracle games and Majora's Mask quite yes. close together? I mean, it's been I a think, long time since Twilight yeah. Princess, and they they've. I mean, they still have yet to really have a game built from the ground up for Wii. Well, and not just that. They told us. They told us explicitly while Twilight Princess was still in development, they had already begun. The preliminary work on a Wii Zelda game. On an actual Wii Zelda, rather than one that was a GameCube, you know, uh, translation. Uh, I mean, but of course, the the complication compared with stuff like Oracle, you know, and and and, but, some but, of these, uh, uh, and the Metroid Fusion, Metroid Zero Mission example, for instance. Uh, sorry, Zero Mission, Metroid Prime, Metroid Fusion uh, example is that Retro was working on one, while R and D one was working on the other. In this case. Nintendo EAD has sort of taken over the handheld series themselves, which I don't know whether it leaves them with the leeway to be doing a console version in parallel that could See, literally th- come out of the same. I think what we're going to have here is that they're going to announce this game, but they're not actually going to ship this game. Mm, I, I th- but I mean, in the context of the retailers. Yeah, thing, I, 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 if, if, if they are referencing something for the retailers in that respect... I think what we are most likely to see in terms of a console game is maybe maybe a B-list franchise that's going to be given an A-list treatment. You see, that's the thing. Uh, that, I mean, this only kind of makes sense to me if it's real A-list stuff. But you know A-list, I, mean? like, I, I don't think they're going to turn around Super Mario Galaxy again because I feel like that team is probably on something else right now. Maybe they are. I mean, but on the other hand, like I said, I mean, pfft, what they did in that game is well worth mining for more. Yeah, I mean, it just, but you could have said the same thing about Mario sixty four. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just not been their mo for. But for having said that, you know what happened with Mario sixty four is that they they started making Zelda, whereas you know now you've got EAD Tokyo, which is completely separate. Well, well wait, well, well, wait, Star Fox. Well, see, that's the thing now. I mean, the most recently, or the most recent listen up, they kind of said like at the end, like Star Fox F Zero. They haven't done these, and it's like. I kind of find it hard to believe that Nintendo is, you know, if there's truth to this, which obviously yeah. Nick has kind of said, you, Look, you know, you don't really know, but I mean, Nintendo's saying, you better clear yourself, space. we've got Star Fox think, coming. I know. Think, I mean, it's not you know, it just seems ridiculous. There's no way. F-Zero, no way. Think of the PR staff we are dealing with at Nintendo right now. They aren't the best. <laughs> I, like I say, I don't see, uh, to me, there are three candidates Right, something that's Wii branded, most likely a Wii Fit thing, Mario and Zelda. That is it. Well, the thing yeah. is, you have to realize, too, that, that Nintendo is talking to GameStop here. And what GameStop cares about are the real huge, huge like franchises, stuff like Halo, you know, Gears of War, yeah, stuff Guitar like Hero. the huge things, like, you know, the stuff that really, really moves millions and millions of copies. I think, I, I think this is Nintendo playing GameStop. I think they they legitimately knew. That... <laughs> you think they they're gonna get them to reserve a bunch of shelves based. No, that no, 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 like... can't have because they're then gonna fill it with stuff. I, I think they know that that because GameStop is the primary retailer of video games as a video game centric store, they do get a lot of press time where their executives give interviews, and they do. If you read general business media. GameStop people get quoted all the time when the video game industry comes up. Well, they're huge. Sure, yeah. No, this, they're, so they're this, just like the, the so, obvious so for place Nintendo to, go to tell GameStop something like this, when GameStop is trying to tell something to tell their shareholders, 
as the market softens on them. Look, there's still something coming. This could be a very good tactical move for Nintendo to get some public free public relations time. Yeah, but I mean, I guess it, what it points to, if there's any validity to it, something will be announced at E3. And we will be disappointed. Because that we don't, that something will be announced at E3 that we don't yet know about that's coming out at Christmas. I mean, that's kind of... That's the implications, at least. That's what I'm taking from it, you know. I mean, that would be really... I mean, that would be kind of t- t- shocking if that was actually, like, if that was Mario. It's like, here's a Mario game, it's coming out in six months. That would be shocking. Yeah, because I mean, those, yeah. those games... I get... think the Wii Fit angle is more... Is more likely to be honest. See, than well, do. the thing about that though is, have they ever announced a Mario or Zelda game the same year it came out in the last in the last decade? I'm struggling. I'm struggling to think of, of no, that because those games get case. delayed like crazy. Well, even if they don't, it's usually just like a year, and obviously they don't do it in January and December. No, they they get they give you first E3, they give you a taste, and then the next E3. I mean, for God's sake, Mario was playable what almost two years before it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it would be, but they have. I mean, they've changed their their mo a little bit. I think we can agree with that. Uh, yeah, but yeah. I, I still think, I mean, yeah, when you're talking about that kind of turnaround, you know, something like a Wii Fit type thing would would make a lot of sense. So I I, I would have to, from the net result of the specular palooza, that would probably be my uh, the, the horse I'd back. Golden Sun Golf. <laughs> <laughs> Camelot makes a triumphant return. <laughs> combining their combining their love of golf and their love of somewhat generic RPGs with like a whole Dirt cast one. of characters that nobody knows yes be awesome I have to go walk in the desert a whole cast of Dijin <laughs> alright all right. if I walk in this desert for the next six hours I'll find the Dijin golf ball <laughs> Oh, Alright, well that's enough of the, the that's enough of our more baseless than usual speculations. So, uh, um and we're usual. gonna close out the show with just a couple of things uh, before we finish. First of all, um we always want your emails, um so send them in to RFN at NintendoWorldReport dot com. Didn't have too many to work with this week, so definitely Fill the bag up, and we'll uh, we'll get to that next week. Also, next week we start in the um, the next retroactive. That'll be retroactive um, number five, I think it is, mm-hmm. and uh, it's for Super Ghouls and Ghosts, as we've previously referenced uh, on the Virtual Console for eight hundred points. Also, uh, it, you can get it on the GBA. It has some extra levels and stuff, but that's that's what we'll be playing. You can go to the forum thread at NintendoWorldReport.com/forums and watch them bitch about the game. <laughs> yeah, they've already started yeah. they've already started it's great you could go in there complain lord it whatever join the discussion get involved call, call them pansies and... and tell them it's an easy game yeah it's a man's <laughs> game put hair on my chest <laughs> whatever grow, like, grow some balls screw <laughs> la vitra I just played super ghouls and ghosts so yeah get definitely get involved with that also if you enjoy the show um, or if you don't, I suppose, but I would prefer generally for people that like the show to go and review us on iTunes. I hate uh, this show, signed Carl Castaneda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't give me ideas about what to do to his podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you could go and rate us on iTunes. You don't have to write a review. You can just give a star rating if uh, if the, if that's more uh, something you'd like to do. So definitely, it'll help more people find the show uh, on iTunes and things. So give us the feedback. We certainly appreciate it. And lastly, I just want to say, obviously, Johnny wasn't with us tonight um, for reasons I'm not going to go into detail about, but um, 
suffice it to say that um, I wish we were recording under better circumstances and uh, our thoughts are very much with Johnny at the time and I look forward to having him back soon, hopefully. Um, so I'm going to thank John and James for joining me as usual. Always a pleasure. Guys. Thank Fantastic you. Yeah. And Nick, great to have you back. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thank uh, you. And look for his uh, Excitebots review fairly soon, I should hope. Yeah. And look for John and I's review sometime in the next six months. Yeah, look for <laughs> yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. You bet. Look, look for uh, look for yeah John and James reviews of things like Age of Empires. Uh, <laughs> Always a shiny example. For the that rest that, of the that site is to a game that will last you a long time. So enjoy <laughs> that. Ages. <laughs> it is a game in itself. Okay, so until next week, bye bye everybody. Bye later. Bye. He's got he's got standards. <laughs> I've got standards. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I bought Big standards. Mother Trucker. I've got standards. <laughs> I mean, come on. How can that game not be a terrible game? It's called Big I know, Mother Trucker. I know. I thought it was a lock. I thought it was. A- <laughs> and then I start I started doing some research. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch! Come on, really? <laughs>